I know I am most uncomfortable when I start finding myself and pulled into a side, maybe because as a consultant, you get asked to do all sorts of things. Hey, can you help us over here? Can you help us over there? And you, 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 you get money thrown at you. Hey, we'll pay for X. And you're like, wow, I could probably do that. And then you start realizing, am I the right one for that? And over the years, I've started realizing, I'm like, you know what? This isn't my lane. I can do it. I don't think I'm the best for it, though. It's time to get inside your own head. Begin with the psychology behind your behaviors and fuse it with an acute understanding of self-awareness, emotion, storytelling, body language, and more. Then look at it all through the lens of the latest neuroscience research, broken down to its most digestible form. And you've arrived. Enhanced messaging, deeper connection, heightened influence, and a greater impact on the world. Welcome to the Neuroside of Influence and Leadership with Renee Rodriguez. Welcome back to the Neuroside of Influence and Leadership podcast here with uh, me. And today, I want you to imagine for a minute that I started talking about today's podcast being about the menstrual cycle and the ups and downs that women go through and the challenges that they face. Or if you knew me and said, I'm going to talk to you about how to grow rich and thick hair, and you know that I don't have any hair, immediately you'd know that I'm probably not the person to talk about both of those subject matters. One, I don't have any hair, and menstrual cycle two, I've never had one before. And so today I want to talk about this concept of just staying in your lane. And it's a simple term that we've heard about, stay in your lane, but I, I want to dive a little deeper into it. And, and what do we mean by that? Because I think it's important, and, it, and I would say it's probably at the core of where I have found the most success. And what I mean by success, I'm saying where I have felt most successful and where I think that I have been most successful is in really knowing when to talk and when not to talk, when to share what I'm thinking and when to just listen and when to take notes. And I think that a lot of times we get caught up in wanting to share information and, and losing sight. And I think a lot of us ought to are on the search for who am I? What, where am I in this world? This, this goes hand in hand with the ethos conversation, ethos, pathos, logos, and uh, Aristotle's rhetorical triangle. This goes into trying to figure out who we are and why we belong. I think it goes into purpose. And I think we can connect all of those things, to be honest. But, uh, you know, just a simple concept of what is my lane and how do I stay in it? I do and I've done sales training for 27 years. And I used to be apologetic about it in the sense of not wanting to hurt and offend people and hurt salespeople and make them feel bad. But what I, what I finally got to over the last probably 10 years was a place of saying the best way that I can help them is getting real as quickly as possible. There's a great book written by Mahan Khalsa that says, let's get real or let's not play. And the book is fantastic, teaches you how to sell, you know, a complex sale through you know, high-end technology. But the philosophy, to me, applies to so many things. Let's get real or let's just not play. And I think that applies to everything. Let's get real with one another. Let's have real conversations. Or let's just not waste our time with our life here. Because we only, you know, from what I know, I've got one. Gosh, I hope there's an afterlife. That would be really cool that there's something else. I'll choose to believe that, but right now I'm going to live, live my life as if it's this one. 
I'm live the best I can. So let's get real and let's just, or let's just not play and waste our time. And so I'm taking that to heart with salespeople. And now what I do is before I go in and work with them, I'll get their numbers ahead of time. And I want to know who the top producers are and who the underperformers are. And I'll begin after building some rapport with people. And of course, this does help when you have ethos, meaning when you have people are looking forward to you being there, you have something good to offer, you maybe have a reputation or you're good at what you do or they're, they're excited for you to be there. And if you've built rapport with them and you've established trust, then you can take an approach like this, which is what I do. I say, okay, folks, before we get started, I got to say a few things. One, I know your numbers. So I know in this room, and I say it with a smile, who's underperforming. And I know who's doing really well. And in all my years of doing this, I've come to learn a few things that those of you who are not performing all that well are going to feel this overwhelming need to talk a lot today and to give us advice and to share with you what you're doing that's working. And I'm just going to tell you ahead of time, those of people that are the top performers, for some odd reason, you're going to be quiet. And I need to change that. I need those of you who are underperforming to be quiet and take notes. And those of you who are, are, are performing well to share your best practices. And here's why. You don't want me giving us a course on how to grow hair. And the same example, you don't want me giving one on the menstrual cycle. These are things that I don't understand and things that I don't have any ethos or credibility in. And the same reason I don't do one on social media. You know, I've got somewhat of a following, but I don't consider myself an expert. I mean, people ask me all the time, Renee, how do you do this on social media? And I say, well, before I answer that, I'm an amateur. I know people that are really good at this, but you have to remember, I'm going to teach you to get the same results that I have gotten. So I'll teach you how to make amazing videos because we do some really good videos. Ryan Graham's whew, best in the business. Sometimes we'll spend $10,000 plus on a video that no one watches, <laughs> at least in the past. That was before we met Neil, Neil Dingra. Follow Neil home. He's the best. I, I said, so you want me to, I'm going to give you advice, but you're going to get the same results I do. And I don't know if you want those results. So take it with a grain of salt. And so I'll say the same thing to people in sales. I said, so the advice you're going to give us is how to underperform. I said, and we don't want that. So, <laughs> and I say it up front because I want, it's much easier to say those things up front than it is to come back and apologize for it later. And, and, the, and if you say it up front, you're kind of establishing the boundaries. You're establishing the, the ground rules and you're, you're laying the tone up front and you're preempting things, right? And it's also seen as humorous. It also has a way of getting very real with people. And, and I'm also putting myself in that. There are certain things that I'm not going to be talking about. And this is, goes back to knowing your lane. There's too many people out there giving advice on things they shouldn't be giving advice on. There are too many people that are amateurs on things, trying to tell people how to do it. And I think that even those people, if you're listening to this, that's where you're most uncomfortable. I know I am most uncomfortable when I start finding myself and pulled into a side, maybe because as a consultant, you get asked to do all sorts of things. Hey, can you help us over here? Can you help us over there? And you, 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 you get money thrown at you. Hey, we'll pay for X. And you're like, wow, I could probably do that. And then you start realizing, am I the right one for that? And over the years, I've started realizing, I'm like, you know what? This isn't my lane. I can do it. I don't think I'm the best for it, though. And so it depends on what you're looking for. I might ask, I said, you know what? I go, this is how I do it. This is the, you know, to the extent that I can. But if you're looking for 
this or this level and you know test it with them i might recommend somebody else and sometimes i'm like you know what that's not my lane not the best thing that i do i'm gonna stay focused on this and when i do that i'm most happy now some people the 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 hard part about that is you're turning on money right and then and if you're in a business like ours you you it's hard to turn on money because you know we don't get we don't sell a product it's about time and so but what you realize after a while the wiser you get is that by saying no to the things that you really shouldn't be doing leaves you time for family and recreation and also time to say yes to things that you should so your enjoyment goes up and your value to customer goes up and everything gets better but staying in your lane means saying no but also helping people if you're working as a manager or leader, helping people stay in theirs. Now, don't confuse this, by the way, with limiting people, okay? This isn't about trying to set limits for people or pigeonholing people. If you think that, you're missing the point. This is about helping people find their genius, where they are good. And, and by the way, there is a part of life that you have to earn your way into. You have to earn your way into expertise. I think you have to earn your way into giving advice. Poor advice from people that haven't earned it yet leads to bad results for people. And I have gotten advice from people that shouldn't have given it. And it has led me down the wrong path. Somebody doesn't know how to give directions in a city they've never been, and they tell me where to go. That's not cool. That's unethical. You're telling me to go down the path, end up in a bad neighborhood, or I end up down the wrong way, going the wrong way, take the subway to the other side of town. That's not cool. If you've never been down the path and you don't understand it, stop giving advice. And so I, I, I want to make sure you're not confusing this because I'm not trying to limit people. I'm saying find out what your lane is, pick a lane, and become good at it. Choose one if you don't have one. But here's the reality. I think everybody has a lane. And some of us have a, several. Now, if you have 20 lanes, well, either you're a high overachiever You've been doing this a long time, or you're trying to be everything to everyone. Only you know the answer to that. Most of us have just a few lanes, and that's, that's good. We, we want that. I'll give you a story. A friend of mine, many years ago, wanted to start a hair salon. I know, ironic. And she came to me and said, you know, can I help out? And, of course, you know, just from an advisory standpoint, and I did, and connected them with somebody who was um, better suited financially in terms of to give a you know financial model and, and they were good with franchising and they got together and they, they started the salon. It's great. Now the salon was 30 seconds from my house. I took out in the main road, took a right 30 seconds later, it's in a strip mall to my right. Now I don't have any hair, so I have zero need to go to this salon and I'm busy. Five years later, a salon has been open. They've asked me to come, her and her husband has me come several times, and I never went, never went, never went. It's a Sunday afternoon, and I am driving to the Chinese restaurant in the same strip mall to pick up some food. And all I hear is, Mr. Rodriguez, get your butt in our salon and come check us out. And I looked over, I'm like, oh my God, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in trouble. And it was, of course, humorous. And they were just excited to see me. I was excited to see them. And it was a Sunday. It was perfect. I had a few minutes. I said, I'd love to come see it. So I go inside and I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be a typical salon. Well, one, I go in and the place was beautiful. It was magnificent. Beautiful leather chairs. They did massage. I go, you guys do massage? I didn't know that. Wow, that's really cool. And she goes, yeah, and we specialize in curly hair. I was like, curly hair? But is that a difference? She goes, 
oh my God, you don't know about curly hair? If you have curly hair, then you know that life is miserable when you go get a haircut because either you know how to do curly hair or you don't. Well, we send all of our people to New York City to get certified and blah, blah, blah. She goes on this whole thing about how they are the only people certified to do curly hair. She shows me before and after pictures, people who do go other places and how horrific it looks and what it looks like it's supposed to be done right. And I'm going, oh my God, there's a thing to curly hair. And they chose this lane of saying, we're not just going to be a salon that cuts everyone's hair. We're going to take a focus on curly hair. Now, before that day, I'd known that they were a salon for five years. I sent them zero referrals. Within the next 60 days, I sent them over 11 referrals. Not because people had hair, but for some odd reason, every time I saw someone with curly hair, I'm like, hey, did you know that there's a place that specializes in curly hair? What, really? I'm like, yeah, they send their place people to New York City, and I started kind of regurgitating what I had heard, and I sent them over to this salon. And here's the thing. It wasn't because they cut hair. It was because they chose a lane, and that lane stood out. And that when I saw somebody that fit that category, immediately I knew who to refer. And so when you're listening to this, when you're trying to figure out who you are in this world, in this competitive marketplace, what is your lane? What is that thing that you're good at? What are the things right now, and this is a good exercise, what lanes are you playing in that maybe you shouldn't be? What lanes are you dancing in that maybe, like, you know, maybe I'm not all that good in this one. But at least it's paying, right? Well, okay. I don't fault you for that. But, you know, maybe sometimes we're in lanes that cause us stress. But ask yourself, what lanes could I get out of? And what are the lanes that are really fun? I had heard this principle before. ELF. E-L-F. The ELF principle. Sometimes this might be a good way for you to decide if you want this to be a lane. Elf meaning, is it easy, lucrative, and fun? It's kind of a simple way of thinking about it. I ask myself that question about business opportunities all the time. I said, well, is it easy? Yeah, it seems pretty easy. Lucrative, will I make money? Mm, no. Okay, well, what's the next one? Is it fun? Yeah. Easy and fun, not that much money. Do I have the time? Well, let's see. If I have the time, maybe I'll do it. But really right now, it's like, is it, is it going to be hard, lucrative, and not fun? I probably will say no. It's just the quality of life is kind of important to me right now. And so, and the stress level is important to me. And there's so many other things. If it's hard and not fun, probably isn't a lane that brings me joy. Joy brings me creativity. Joy re-energizes me. Joy makes me feel like I'm in my purpose. Joy brings value to the customer. So that's another way maybe of identifying what your lane is. What brings you joy? Like serving customers, being in front of a room and helping people understand their stories, doing this. As difficult as this podcast is, every time I get started, I get really excited. And so this is sharing this information and, and having a place to just tell you, this is what I've discovered in this long journey of philosophizing and, and talking to people and getting feedback and being critiqued, this, these are the things that I've discovered that, that to me matter. And if you're listening, thank you. That's awesome. Love your feedback, by the way. So this whole concept of picking your lane, how do I pick my lane? What is it? Elf, easy, lucrative, fun. That's one way. 
Does it bring me joy? It's another way. Does the marketplace need it? And am I good at it? Do I gravitate towards it? Is it something that people need to motivate me or do I wake up in the morning self-motivated to go towards it? That's another th- way of doing it. Gosh, I wake up and I go, this is what I think about every day. Sometimes we go to work miserable, but yet we spend our free time just pursuing something else. So, well, what if that was our lane? Now, here's another reality. Some people say, wow, Renee, you get to do what you love every day. So, you know, I, I do love this work. And I speak 100 events plus a year, which is more than most. I'd say that's on the high, high, high end of most speakers. But I still, still spend very little of my time speaking on stage. There's still meetings, paperwork, research and development. There's still flights. In fact, I feel like I'm in airports more than anything else. None of that which brings me much joy. So you can't think about it in, in, in the, from the perspective of all of it bringing you joy. But all of it's definitely worth it to get to those positions and to get to those places. So I digress. Let's go back to this lane conversation. So easy, lucrative, fun, doesn't bring me joy. But what's fun too is when you pick a lane, you're more memorable. If, you know, I was talking to somebody else today and they were were a lender and I said, so what's your lane? And immediately they said, well, I love to uh, be an advisor. That's not a lane. Because I can think of tens of thousands of people that say they're advisors. And I said, well, you know, after asking a couple more times, well, I love to serve vets. I'm like, okay, that's closer to a lane. Love to serve vets. Well, that's perfect because that's a specific niche. Some people love first-time homebuyers. Some people like to work specifically with doctors. Some people like to work with, you know, condos and lofts. I've got a friend here in Minneapolis that does that. And so there's, you know, if some people specifically only work with chiropractors in their business. I have a friend that's built a whole business just around chiropractors. Some people only work in manufacturing. Some people work specifically in the food service industry and they get really good at ingredient sales. It's my cousin. He, he teaches people, at least he used to, he used to teach people how to sell into ingredient company and say like, this is what we're good at. Some people say, you know, I'm going to teach authors how to sell into this. What's that lane? The thing that you are good at. And then how do you stay in it? And, and how do you build that awareness of when you're out of it? Because there's nothing worse than talking to somebody who's out of their lane and they don't even realize it. And even worse, when they're selling a product or service that's out of their lane and we don't know it and we bought in. Yep, and we bought in. I can't tell you how many times I've made that mistake. I bought into somebody who shouldn't have been selling what they were selling. And I ended up with results that I regretted getting. Or I didn't end up with any results. And yeah, could I get my money back? Sure. But I couldn't get the time back. I couldn't, the opportunities lost. There's so many things, reputation lost. So many things that I couldn't get back. And so recognizing when we're out of that lane is critical. I want you to start thinking about what brings you the most joy. And, and also start listening to people. Where do you get the most feedback on people? We just finished our AmpCon event and talking to some dear friends, Robin Lavasser, talking to Todd Screema, talking to so many people. And everybody you know, said, hey, great event, great event. I said, great, what was your favorite part? And I wanted to hear what people said. It wasn't, you know, yes, it's fun hearing what was really good. We also asked what would be, could be better. But we came back getting, we, everybody said the same exact thing. 
We want to see more of people coming in front of the room and you helping them uncover their story. And I was like, okay, well, maybe that's the lane I need to focus on more at these events. And because one, it is the most effortless part for me. And I was thinking, wow, if I could just do that, I wouldn't have to plan much, you know, because it is like I tell people is if you find your lane, your ethos, it's like a hot knife through butter. It just, it's so easy because it's what you, where your mastery is. It's where that you feel like, you feel like what some people hear your genius zone. I don't like using those, 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 those terms that people take. I don't know. It just sounds quirky to me, but it's, uh, you know what I mean? It's, a, it's where you're most valuable. And so I kept hearing that. And so the following keynote I did at Momentum Builder, I said, you know what? I'm just going to do that. And man, it was so much more fun just doing that, helping people uncover their story. It didn't take much prep because I've been prepping 27 years for it. It was about listening because that was my lane. It was what I'm most comfortable in. Let me tell you, I, gosh, I have made the mistake of giving presentations out of my lane. It is brutal. It's painful. It's embarrassing. It, it doesn't serve the client. It's a good way never to be invited back. And it just doesn't make you happy. It doesn't re-energize you. And so how does this relate to sort of ethos? Ethos, remember, it's about your credibility and your character. Remember Aristotle 2,000 years ago talked about his rhetorical triangle, the things that need to happen for us to be persuaded. He was the first person to talk about argumentative thought. Ethos is what he talked about being credibility and character. So the essence of what we are, of who we are. So your credibility, it's that essence, the ethos, it's that place where you are most authentic and most credible where if you aren't in ethos, you're out of character. Well, that's really out of character for them. What does that mean? Well, you're out of your lane is what that means. Your ethos comes down to understanding what are those things. And here's something you can do, a way that you can start uncovering it. We do this a lot. Is ask yourself, what makes you unique? What are the things that make you unique? Try to keep that list of, just for beginning, three to five. Three to five things that make you unique. and just start exploring within those three to five, which are the ones that make you and bring you joy when you do that. And start thinking about it from a customer perspective. What customers bring you the most joy, the ones that fulfill you the most? Are they the ones that are seasoned and high level and you like doing tax planning with them and you like planning for the future? Are they the ones that are brand new? You like to handhold them through the process, help them through the fears. Are they the ones that have really tough problems that no one's going to help and you come in with some strategic thinking and help them out? Are they the ones that are looking to be investors and you like to be a co-buyer for them? What is it? What is that customer that makes you feel most alive? The one that you know, if you could just work with this type of customer, that would make you happiest. That might be an indicator of what your lane is. So do some thinking about this. Spend some time. And choose one. And now here's the thing. You may choose wrong, and that's okay. That's what mid-course corrections are for. That's why you write in pencil. <laughs> so you can erase and adjust. But pick one. And the best thing is when you can be decisive and just choose, very quickly you'll realize if you chose the wrong one. A lot of times when people are indecisive, I'm like, no, I'm just going to choose for you to take this one. And they go, and then the moment they feel the loss of the ones they can't have, they'll either fear, feel like, no, 
I can't have that one. I need the one he took away. And they'll, that'll kind of make their decision. Or they're going to be like, you know what? I'm okay with what was chosen. Because I didn't want those other, those other, anyway. The power of choice. Be decisive. Choose a lane. Or recognize the one you already have. And if you know your lane, double down. Make it known. Start your brand. Start building your brand around it. Tell the world who you are and why you serve that lane. And I think you're going to find yourself a lot happier. Customers are going to be happier. I think your prices will go up. You'll become a specialist. There's so many benefits to staying in your lane. And when you're out of your lane, take notes. Make space for those who it is their lane, who that's their expertise. Make them shine. So when it comes your turn, guess what they'll do? They'll help you shine. So that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Please, if you like it, comment, share, do all the stuff. Our book is launching soon. Amplify your influence. If you haven't gotten a copy, get one. If you already have one, get another one. Share it. Get it out there. Use it as a gift. We appreciate all your support, and we will see you again next week. Have an amazing day. Thank you for sharing this time with us. If the experience resonated with you, follow us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or AmplifyMyLife.com. Share it with anyone else who's ready to amplify their lives. And remember to let our hearts speak in sequence. For more from Renee Rodriguez, visit MeetRenee.com. <laughs>